everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast. I'm Bianca. I am your co-host, and I'm here with Nick, our other co-host. Today, we are excited to be welcoming Kathy from Northwoods Brewing. Kathy, if you could have you start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background, that would be great. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm Kathy Aldrich. Um, I am the head brewer at Northwoods Brewing Company. We've been brewing since 2018 there, so um, not too long in the in the world of breweries, um, but it feels like, you know, as far as our team goes, we've been there forever, but I've been in the industry for about six years, and um, yeah, so found a, found a really awesome home at Northwoods, though, a few years ago. That's awesome, and did you jump in right from the start there? Yes. Great, and what yeah, other- they had. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to hear a bit more about your background in maybe how you personally got into brewing, you know, before oh, you landed totally. in Northwoods. Yeah. Um, I was a restaurant manager and I was in Boston when I started um, really getting the bug to start brewing and really get on the backside of beer, um, having been on the front side of beer for a few years prior. Um, so really just kind of dove in head first. And after a couple of years in Boston, a friend was starting a project up here in New Hampshire. And so um, not this project, um, but so I came up and joined that. And um, that was really my first larger project. The first brewery I started at was a little three barrel brew house. Um, and it was a brew on premise as well. So kind of 10 gallon homebrew batches as well. Um, so really small compared to commercial brewing in, in real commercial brewing. So when I came up to New Hampshire and was working on a seven and a half barrel system, that was really my first introduction to like the really big stainless steel side of brewing. Um, and so now at Northwoods, we have a 15 barrel system. So each little brewery, this is the third brewery I've worked at, has been kind of a step up and a step up toward what bigger kind of micro brewing is with with more regional distribution and things like that so my background started in restaurants into home brewing into professional brewing it's it's kind of like a tale as old as time I'm sure that's great and you guys I was able to visit in person to pick up some beers for us to try we're having some tonight tonight I have the tandem streamer and I definitely definitely want to congratulate I think it was called the rye ale um, that I had when I was in there about a week ago and it was amazing i loved awesome. it i also got a chance to eat some pizza and uh, i love you guys have such a variety of styles and everything there so you really are uh making great stuff and making a variety of stuff so putting those barrels to use yeah definitely we we love that variety that we're able to have that kind of brew pub thing that gets lost when you are talking about regional distribution but we we keep it there we have a little three barrel pilot system here so that feels like kind of a little home space to me. Um, and yeah, we keep the draft lines full of all kinds of little three barrel projects. And to acknowledge the pup that we have here in the room, <laughs> is this your dog? Oh, this is Bo. Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. Works from home nowadays, but he used to come to the brewery every single day. Um, I love that. I'm actually at my house. Friendly? Um, when we had our patio open, yes, but as far as New Hampshire goes, anywhere there's food, there can't really be anything but service animals. So as people were dog friendly. 
(laughs) (laughs) You have to be. I feel like that's a common trait for most breweries. It's the the best breweries are dog friendly, at least on the patio. (laughs) Definitely. So Nick had a chance to visit and he brought me some of the pizza that you guys had and the beers, which were both great. And we'll talk about those. Um, But the pizza was fantastic. Do you have a chef who creates all of those menus or is that something that you guys outsource? Yeah, we have all of our, everything's in-house there. So that's pretty awesome. From the crullers you all saw um, to the pizza. We had a couple of those too. Oh yeah. Yes. (laughs) They're so awesome. But yeah, all of that is from scratch. The dough is a sourdough um, that's been going for a long time. And yeah, the, the toppings are almost all locally sourced. And it's just really what goes better with beer than pizza, you know? I can't That's agree the truth. more. <laughs> Sounds like my ideal Friday night. Absolutely. Yep. I was telling uh, Alex, my girlfriend, that that was one of the favorite, my favorite breweries that I really visited. And it was one that she could actually get into as well because of all the sweets and the pastries that you guys had to offer there. She's not really big into beer, but she can definitely get on board with some pastries and some uh, crullers and pizza. So we tried the uh, coconut and it was like a toasted coconut one and cinnamon sugar. I believe were the oh, two yes. that I brought home for. And they were cinnamon both delicious. Sugar is my favorite. Yes. They're so good. <laughs> Nick, I think we need to go on another visit just so I can get my hands on some of these. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> and I need more of that rye ale. That it was amazing. What was the uh, the name of that one? That's called Reed Bunting Rye. Yes. And is that one that you guys actually can and distribute as well, or is that one only available in the tap room? That one's currently only available in the tap room. That's actually the very first batch of that. Oh, really? Yeah. Right in the beginning. Perfect. (laughs) Well, I'll be with it all the way because it was amazing. It was delicious. (laughs) I love it. It's those kind of styles that aren't, no offense to the double IPA you're drinking, but that aren't double IPAs that can just surprise you sometimes. And you're like, wow, I really needed this. And I didn't know. (laughs) I always like mixing it up and that's sort of mellow. It was so smooth and almost uh, like... I'm not big and I'm Bianca knows this. I'm not that great at pulling out tasting notes and everything. But one thing that I felt like I was hit with is like, it was just smooth and easy drinking. It was like drinking, you know, like banana nut bread. If I had to put some kind of a flavor to it, it was, it was awesome. I can't get over it. I've been dreaming about it every night since. (laughs) You have to come back then. We'll be back. (laughs) so all of your beers some are only available in the tap room some are available for home would you say most are available to take with you or is there only a small percentage and which ones are you able to pick up purchase and take home with you I would say it's kind of a small percentage right now but just because draft sales have been so slow some of our things that would normally hold on a little less time on that from the three barrel system have been around a little bit longer. So right now we have about 20 beers on draft or maybe it's up to a little more than that around 24, which is insane. So that we just, we couldn't even imagine having to keep up with that much demand, like on a regular basis. So we won't always have this much variety, but we package steadily probably eight to 10 different varieties throughout the year. Um, Some of which are our glass that's a double dry hopped New England style IPA. Um, Landlocks and Brookies is a pale ale, our coffee porter. Um, Mac and Margie, a double IPA. Those, those four definitely have been around um, from the beginning and have stuck around throughout the year. But 
we have other great seasonal beers that come and go. Um, Brown Owl is an ESB. Um, we have Keller beer, kind of a Pilsner style. Um, gosh, from wit beers in the summer. And um, we have in the off the pilot system, we've started to bottle a few things as well. So we have some barrels that we use as fermenters, some neutral oak barrels, and we've got some cool bottles available right now for takeout as well that aren't just cans, which is our typical package to go. So and I know I left Bianca with one of those. Uh, Bianca, why don't you tell us a bit about the couple of beers that you were able to try? So the, the two that I beer. tried were the Keller beer and the glass. And nice. I will say I absolutely loved the art on the glass can. It was so cool. Um, and I was curious as well. What is the, is there a meaning behind the names or how are you picking those? Yeah. A lot of our names are inspired by nature or fly fishing. Um, and glass specifically is kind of a fisherman's term for a very smooth body of water, you know, really easy to see the fish and kind of a beautiful way to see the fly reflecting. And, um, so glass just, it was kind of that beer was actually called DDH IPA. It didn't even have a name. Um, but it was kind of, a, it had that artwork, the artwork sort of inspired the name, that reflection. And that's actually the very first can artwork that we had prior. We just had plain cans that said, you know, the style and the ABV on it, just a generic can. So that was really the first one that got us branched out into all of our now like full art inspired, gorgeous can work that Sarah does for us. And that's interesting. Uh, the first one, that's funny that Bianca mentioned that one. It really was. That one caught my eye too, because the style was definitely one that I'm a fan of. And I gave that one to Bianca because I know she's better at taking pictures. So I sacrificed that one to her because I knew we would have to get that one out there for promoting. Um, I but love it. The, the beer that introduced me to you guys was uh, the Brown Owl. And that nice. one had a cool can too with the owl and everything on it. Uh, also another delicious beer. And it's those kind of different styles that really get me excited because it's something that you don't see all the time. It's something that you don't get to taste all the time. And when you have something like that, that's really done well, it's just, you know, it's something that it's a treat. It's not something you can always have necessarily, uh, but it's really great when you do. Yeah. That one is a really special beer. Um, one of our brewers, Alex, who is arguably a specialist at ESBs, that is his creation. And that artwork I mean it speaks for itself and you wouldn't even know that brown owl was the name of a fly used in fly fishing if you just saw the label and that's the best part is like you can really just it doesn't have to be straight up flies like it is on the glass art mm -hmm. we have the beauty of Northwoods being just so all-encompassing nature from reed bunting and all of those and why fly fishing our owner is really into fly fishing and <laughs> Sarah awesome. actually, yeah, Sarah, actually the one who does all of our art, that's his oldest daughter. And she designed, if you saw, or if you come back and see the second anniversary bottles, the fly on that is the original concept for our logo. So you can see the wheat on it and the hops on it. Um, and then our logo is a fully branded, you know, 
more easily replicatable uh, version of that watercolor. So it's pretty cool that that image sort of inspired the name and all of the branding and theme behind it. But yeah, the owner's love. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a great area, of course, to be in the outdoors. So you're you're right on with that. Um, for you guys, so 2021, what do you have in the works? Any big announcements or anything exciting that you're allowed to share with us? Yeah, I I think... I should be allowed to share it. Um, we have, uh, hopefully, I mean, it's not, they aren't in yet, but hopefully in the end of March, we're going to have the tanks in place that fill out our entire brewery. So we started off with just a very small portion of what the building could hold. And around a year after that, we put a few more tanks in few months after that six months or so we put a few more tanks in and now this will be the last and final delivery of tanks so again it's not here yet but we're hoping um everything in production looks great so that's that's really exciting news we're gonna have a full house do you have any uh new beers coming out soon or ones that just were released that you're really excited about as well we are actually re-releasing our bumbleberry which is a fruited ipa um we had it last summer for the first time we went away with it in the winter and now that will be coming back start of march so that you can look forward to very shortly um and not long after that our keller beer is getting a little facelift from its red and gold can to a beautiful piece of artwork that sarah did of um I think it's a brook trout. I could be wrong, but I think it's a brook trout. And it's just a really gorgeous kind of new take on a label that we haven't seen from Sarah yet. So I'm very excited about that. Not a new beer, but a new look for an old beer. Good, good. Hey, if something's working, why change it, right? That's right. <laughs> and she's definitely talented because they're all incredible. And one of the bottles that we actually did end up taking home is the land in your heart am I getting that right loud the, loud in your heart yeah should have brought it in front of me <laughs> loud in your That's heart right. so I haven't tried it yet that's in my fridge so I'm really excited to open that and and get some pictures of it because it's absolutely a beautiful bottle um but you have quite a few other bottles you know same thing with incredible artwork they all are you know the photos and everything they're outdoors and I think it really says a lot about you guys but the other bottles that you do have released uh, what are the ones that someone can pick up right now and how are they different? Well, the Loud in Your Heart that you picked up is a Saison with fruit puree. And it is half fermented in oak and half fermented in stainless and then blended. We have another wood aged fruited called Fruit Cellar, but it's 100% wood fermented and it's got local fruits. So both mixed culture fruited saisons, but also very different. Um, a third mixed culture saison with no fruit is also a straight blend. Um, that's called Barrels Out of Bond. And we did that with our friends um, from Sidereal and Sidereal Farm Brewery and Maniacal Yeast Labs in Maine. That was done so long ago. That almost should have been released like a year ago in March. So those plans got put off put off long enough that we got a bottling line and we got some labels made for it and we bottled it. So that was 
not only first use neutral red and white wine barrels blended, but then aged in stainless for a year. So that one's also very cool. And then we have our double IPA, which is our second anniversary. So pretty different offerings, even though maybe on paper, they would sound the same. <laughs> and the company that you just mentioned in Maine, I'm actually up here in Portland, Maine. What area are they in? And are they going to have that around us more locally so I can go grab it? <laughs> they won't, unfortunately, because it was just a, you know, one batch here, but they are up in, um, oh my gosh, it's near Augusta. Oh, they're going to kill me if I can't think of the name of this town. <laughs> it's pretty far up there, though. <laughs> that's not too good for me. I think that's Vassalboro. only uh, 45 minutes into an it's hour. Vassalboro. All right. Yeah, that's somewhere that we're going to have to check out. <laughs> it sounds like they have some interesting stuff. They certainly do. They aren't open yet as a brewery, but they will be hopefully this year as well. They've been working really hard in 2020 with the build out of their brewery. So it'll be exciting stuff when it is time. Now, as a brewer, do you tend to have a favorite style or type of beer to produce? Do you like making more of an IPA or maybe one of the dark beers or some of the mixing it up and doing those barrel aged or fermented different ales? Yeah, I like to brew a lot of different beers. And I think that shows in our tap list. And I think that most brewers probably do like to brew a lot of beers, but we get kind of when something catches on and you have to brew it a lot, we, you know, we have to kind of run a business at the same time. So we don't always get the freedom to brew exactly whatever we want, but we, I think we can make an enjoyable brew day, an enjoyable cellar process out of almost any beer, as long as we have the right, like outlook on it. So I personally am currently very into, um, as, as we have from the beginning, we've done a lot of Kvike fermentation. So I'm really interested in kind of diving deeper into that right now. So you'll see a lot of stuff we do are Kvike ferments, different strains, different blends, things like that. Bringing old styles into Kvike fermentation, kind of like a chameleon, you wouldn't even know it was a Kvike fermentation or by, you know, really going for Kvike and really letting it kind of be the expression of the beer. So that's probably my my all end all be all thing at the very moment would be Kvike. And that's what I'm drinking right now. That's the uh, Tandem Streamers at Kvike Fermented Double IPA. Uh, so tell me a little bit about that process, because that's not something I'm familiar with and something that we've talked about with anyone before. Yeah, it's kind of newer to um, craft brewing, like on a larger scale. A Maniacal Yeast Labs actually has a ton of strains available and has like been really integral in getting us these different unique strains um, that aren't available through other larger yeast providers. So the I think main difference would be if you broke it up, you know, lagers and ales, you have kind of a big difference in how you ferment them and kind of their needs as far as the yeast goes. Although Kvike is an ale, you could kind of split it off into a third one. And it likes, while lagers like everything a little bit cooler than ales, Kvike likes everything a little bit warmer. The best way I've heard Justin describe it is like body temperature. So if you think about that, right around 100 degrees, 90 degrees to 100 degrees is like almost unheard of for other fermentations. And so for that reason, it goes really quickly. 
they produce a lot of different aromas and flavors that other Saccharomyces and um, lagers can't produce. So it's been kind of a really fun discovery of just things that they didn't exist before I was a brewer. You know, when I was in the restaurant industry, there weren't Kvike beers. So it's very fascinating to me, this kind of new genre, if you will, of, of fermentations. Yeah, it's definitely not something that we've seen a lot of. So it's great to see innovation in the industry and and love trying. We obviously love trying all different new things. And Nick's definitely a beer guy. And this, he's the one that uh, knows all about the processes of that. So <laughs> I'm always learning new things from him and from everybody that comes on. So it's cool to learn about new processes for sure. I don't know that I'm much. Sorry. He's uh, overselling <laughs> my knowledge there. I know a bit about what people that we've talked about have told us about, but uh, I definitely certainly like to mix it up and try new things. So that's uh, I'm always excited when I see that. So what are some of your favorite parts of being uh, being a brewer and being in that space? Gosh, there's so much great stuff about it. It's such a unique way to spend your day every day. Um, not a lot of people get to do it. Some days it feels like a factory when you're running the can line for hours and hours. And some days it feels like, you know, just some place that you can't possibly clean, even if you spent three weeks cleaning it. And, you know, it's just every day a different thing and different challenges and different things come up in the industry all the time, whether it's a CO2 shortage or, you know, um, new science comes out about a process you're doing and you need to update it. And it's it's always something different. And I absolutely love that. The, the endless possibilities of what you can do with the four ingredients that go into beer. It's 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 exciting. So for somebody who's visiting, uh, what can they expect right now? Obviously things are a little different. How many tables do you have? Are you still accommodating guests inside? And what does that yes. look like? Yeah, we are still accommodating guests inside. We still have, gosh, I don't know, maybe eight tables in there. So it's pretty quaint, but, um, some seats at the bar too, maybe 10 or so seats at the bar right now. Um, and then we have Johnson's, seafood and steak next door, which also has 50% capacity. So another several tables and you can get our beer there. You cannot get the pizza there because they are a seafood restaurant. But if for some reason the tap room was full, you could get some beer next door. There you go. I highly <laughs> suggest anyone in the area to go get the pizza though. We tried a, so good. the chicken bacon ranch <laughs> with jalapenos, what we went with and probably ate far too much of it for one sitting, but it was <laughs> amazing it was so good one question I have so from a beer standpoint I'm always pairing like food and wine but I've never really thought too much into pairing beer and foods uh is there a science behind that or is there like a way that you recommend going about that or is it kind of just all up to your preferences that night in the end it's up to your preferences that night but yes there's totally science behind it one thing that beer has that wine doesn't is carbonation so that's another factor that you can use when you're pairing. So a lot of things that you know about pairing wine and food would go into pairing beer and food, such as the acidity in wine and how that pairs with certain things in food um, or the fruitiness. Beer has both acidity and fruitiness, um, but beer has other flavors, you know, that wine doesn't have that are reminiscent of foods like readiness from the malt or um, 
certain kinds of pine or, you know, earthy herbal things coming from the hops that aren't necessarily coming from grapes. So all kinds of good food-like things that you can use when pairing. But yeah, carbonation is another fun added bonus that wine doesn't have. Do you have, wine. Do you have any favorite must pair with certain styles of beer foods that you can think of off the top of your head? Oh like what? Gosh. Like if you were having a pizza and you had your tap list, which one would you pair with it? And this you can so go into lame. details on the type of pizza if you had to. No, it's just Keller beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect pizza beer. It's classic. Just your your classic lager. But that's the beauty of pizza, too, is it's kind of like beer or burritos. Like you can put anything in it and it's still a pizza. So, yeah, maybe chicken bacon ranch would be really nice with an IPA if you like something spicy. IPA will help enhance the spice of food. So with the jalapenos on the chicken bacon ranch, yeah. Grab, grab a tandem streamer with that. That'll be nice. <laughs> there you go. That was something that caught me off guard too, because I'm a huge spice junkie. I love spicy foods. I snack on pickled jalapenos when I just want to have some. And uh, the fact that I saw that on the menu, it came, they asked me if I wanted jalapenos. And I was like, yes, definitely. That's not something that I ever expected to automatically come on a pizza like that. So who uh, is that in-house, that whole, the pizza and pastry making, or is that a separate little uh, maker there? Yep. That's all in-house. It's Northwoods Bake Shop. And who do you have behind that? Is it so kind of like Bianca asked earlier, is there a particular chef that's a mastermind behind all those recipes? Um, yeah, we have um, Jeff does the pizzas and Dolly does a lot of the baking and Catherine, they're kind of a team in there, but um, it's really unique use of a kitchen, having the bakers be in, you know, so early in the morning and doing their thing. And then they have pizza starting at 11 a.m. So it's a really great use of that space as a bakery for sure. Do you plan it all um, seasonally with certain beers that are coming out, maybe certain food items running in there? Is there any talks between that or is that something that you guys haven't been doing? Yeah, that's they change their menu because the ingredients are pretty local. Our beers are always changing with season. Um, it's not so much involved with the pairing on that side, but on the seafood side um, at Johnson's, they have chef's night every Thursday and they pair each item on the chef's menu with a different beer. So we do kind of a beer dinner every single week at Johnson's, which is great. Yeah, that's really cool. And so for you, there's obviously that's, I don't know if it's technically considered like a partnership, but do you have any other people that you've partnered with or that you are partnering with that are in the area that keep things fresh? Over in Dover, um, Cara's Irish Pub keeps a lot of our beer on. Um, and then over in York at the York River Landing, they usually have a good selection of our beer on draft too. Those two are like our really main outposts and they're both kind of in the seacoast area. So a little bit between us. Yeah, it's great finding local craft beers at restaurants. I feel like not enough do it. And I, I think more have started to as the request. And I think the demand for it is just getting there. But it's so great to find a, a spot that carries, you know, your favorite local craft beers. So that's awesome. And we're in New York all the time. So I'll have to check it out next time I'm up there. Yes, definitely. But Nick and I will definitely be visiting you guys again. I think there's so much more that you know, I'd like to try it. I'd like to see the location for myself because he sent me pictures and it looks great. It just looks like it's such a beautiful spot. 
Um, and your Instagram and your other social feeds are also beautiful. So can you tell us where we can find those and where everyone can follow you? Yes. Um, at Northwoods Brewing Co on Facebook, Instagram. And, um, as far as when you guys come back, let us know, we'd love to show you around, give you a tour of the brewery, what you can't see through all the windows. <laughs> For sure. And I was saying this to Bianca too. I just felt like home when I was there. Great music, great food, great beer. It was, it's definitely a destination for anyone. I mean, it wasn't by any stretch super close for us, but I will make that drive all the time to make sure I get my fill. We do that drive for good hear. beer. That is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Always thank, work. Thank you so much for coming on. We had a great time talking tonight. We're enjoying the beer. We look forward to meeting you again and trying some more of your stuff, seeing what new that's coming out and getting more of that food and beer. So thanks again. And we look forward to talking again in the future. Cheers. Thank you Cheers. so much. Cheers, guys. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening. Thanks.